I think that Florence might be the best food city we've been to. The first four days or so we were there, every single place we went was an absolute banger. It was amazing. $10,000 can buy you some great trips. 15 days on the slopes in Colorado. 10 days with the family at Disney. One week snorkeling in the Bahamas. What if you want to go around the world on 10K for six months? I'm Kirsten. And I'm Cameron Coates. And together we're on the ultimate long-term budget trip. This is Coats to Coast. Welcome to episode 18 of Coats to Coast. Cameron, you want to tell them where we are? We're in my Verona. Yeah, the fair city of Verona. But this episode is not about Verona. This episode is going to be mainly focusing on Florence. You want to tell them uh, what we were most... Well, I'll start actually with what I was most looking forward to last week, which is making pasta. A lot of eating out on this trip, and I've just really missed cooking. And the pasta here, even just like typical pasta you get at the grocery store, is about, I don't know, 100,000 times better than what you can get in the U.S. We ran the numbers via one of those old 1960s computers they used to do the moon landing, and it said, it said about yes. that. <laughs> so you know it's precise. We've gotten to do a lot of that, and we're going to do more in the future weeks, and it's been really awesome. So that's certainly lived up to the hype. What about you, Cameron? What were you most looking forward to? Murder. I'm looking forward to going to the Antinori Nel Chianti Classico Winery, not because I'm a wine snob, but because it's one of my favorite levels from Hitman 3, one of my favorite video games. Uh, They base the winery off of that building. And so we'll jump right in. Let's go into our visit to Antinori Nel Chianti Classico. Now, this is not in Florence. It's about 50 minutes south by bus. It's a beautiful building. It's really striking, and I get why they made a video game level. Yeah. I think most of the people there were there for the wine and not for the video game. It is a very famous winery, apparently. The Antinoris, they hung out with the Medicis back in the day. Uh, they've had money since, what, like 1,200, the little video said? They said they can directly trace their line back to 1,300, where at least one member of the family was involved in the wine industry. And then really, they can almost trace it back to 1,100, but they don't have concrete evidence that at every generation, at least one person from 1100 to 1300 was involved in wine. Yeah, they're extremely wealthy, which is very funny because they have this video where it's like, we we like to spend the time to concentrate on the wine and get to know the wine. I'm like, yeah, you've your your money has money. Like, you don't have to worry about anything else. You can go out and stare at grapes for a whole day and not have to worry about anything. I really like their video. I thought they seemed very sincere about their passion of wine. I mean, I'm not trying to diss these people. I'm just saying they're filthy, filthy rich. I think they're fairly established enough that they can take liberties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was nice. The tour was great. It took two hours. That was an amazing tour. Our tour guide was so awesome. She had like a geology background and she was just so interested in everything. She was like, ah, don't get me started on soil. I could go forever. And I'm like, please go forever. I want to hear what you say. They really covered a lot. I've never taken a winery tour, but I've taken some like distillery tours. And basically it's just like, here's the building. Here's very basic information on how you make alcohol. Okay, now go to the gift shop and buy something. This was like a two hour tour of like the building's architecture the history of wine in the region, the soil, like you mentioned, the process of making the wine to bottling the wine. It's very in-depth. I feel like she spent 15 minutes just talking about like like wine, like what are those things called? 
the quarks, the quarks. Oh, you're just pinching the air. You're just pinching the, the air quarks. about uh, an inch up and down. And I that, know, okay. Everybody should know that that is the universal symbol for a wine cork. Okay. Anyway, she's, she spent a lot of time talking about wine corks and how they make different, like there's composite corks and also just like straight up corks. Have you ever thought about what cork comes from? I haven't. It's a tree. I don't know why it's never occurred to me to think about that. I've never thought about that. I just thought that corks came from wine bottles. That's all <laughs> I've ever found them in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, and it also backed up my belief that wine tastings are just for alcoholics because they were like, here's three full glasses of wine, drink them in 15 minutes. And it's just fun to look around the room during a wine tasting because some people are like doing the sniffy thingy. Some people are like holding their glass upside down, trying to figure out what color the wine is. Some people are just laughing and guzzling. There's one dude that's been a pretentious nozzle the whole time that was like in the corner oh i really wish you hadn't made that noise r.i.p to those wearing oh, headphones God, no. that was the noise he was oh, making no it was gross yeah and i thought about it and i was like best not to make the noise we should just describe it but that you you've done it okay we're gonna have to put an explicit content warning on this podcast now but it was a wonderful tour, and I had a good time, and we tried some good wine. Yeah, I had a white wine that I didn't hate, which is the first. It was one of the best white wines I've ever had as well, because I was like, huh, I would consider a second glass. Yeah, and I feel like the it was affordable wine, too. Like, if we had like been in the region, I might have bought a bottle. There you go. So, yeah, but we took the bus there. Uh, the rest of Florence, fortunately, was very walkable. It really was. We went up, like, one hill, and it was a heck of a hill. But other than that, like, pretty much flat. Pretty, everything's pretty condensed, fairly condensed. We had a great location for our Airbnb, so we never used public transport. Yeah, we found a lot by accident. Like, we were near the Basilica de San Lorenzo and, like, a few minutes from the Basilica of Santa Maria. That's the really famous one that looks like a Sephora because it's, like, striped up the walls. That, oh, my gosh. That's horribly offensive. There was a Sephora right next oh to the gosh, church. No. It oh, looked, my gosh. It looked, church, no. Okay, no. It was gorgeous. It was... A bit much. Oh, but no, it was gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. One of the best domed cathedrals in all of Europe. It's definitely worth seeing. Maybe from outside. We didn't go in because the line was consistently four blocks long, wrapped in like a spiral formation. You know what was also great? People watching, trying to see like tourists get a picture of this massive building because you just can't like you can't back away far enough without like going into a store to get a picture of this whole dang thing because it's so huge it's ridiculous it took me forever to realize i was just in the sephora taking a picture <laughs> okay. of the wall uh that was nice we went to the piazza santo spirito spirito yeah i really like that that was a cool area of town more like plain in appearance but i thought it was really nice it had some cool shops and stuff around that was kind of near where the vintage stores are i don't know this is like a thing in italy maybe in europe like i feel like the vintage stores are all like clustered in one particular area and i love it super yeah. convenient and then the the hill you were referring to the piazzale michelangelo is a hike and a half up. It's not for the faint of heart. It's like flat, 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 big hill. It's just stairs that go up forever. And it's like a turn. So you're just like walking forever. And then you turn a corner. You're like, yes, I've all oh, more stairs. It's absolutely gorgeous, though. A yeah. Wonderful view. view over all of Florence. That's free. 
Yeah. Which is the best of all. Everything there is free. And uh, oh, yeah, there's the Ponta Vecchio Bridge, which is the famous bridge that what? Did people used to live oh, in it? Oh, that's what that one is. It's like got little houses on it. Uh, except yeah. now they're like luxury watch stores, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. People might live in like the second stories and things like that. It is very happening, happening place. Yeah. Maybe not best to all, live there. <laughs> yeah. All the bridges were really cool, though. I thought it was, they all had like a really unique view and we crossed over like all of them at one point or another Florence is just great for walking around it's just so beautiful and like truly Tuscany has a different feeling than you know southern Italy um and the places we have been so it was nice to just get a feel for that and it does really feel like a renaissance city like I don't know exactly what I imagined from all the movies I've seen it really was exactly that but all that walking though will build up a mighty powerful appetite and fortunately <laughs> I think that Florence might be the best food city we've been to the first four days or so we were there every single place we went was an absolute banger it was amazing yeah well you found a place for the first night man this slaps so hard it's la campanina bistro let me tell you that pasta is stupid good it was just like this one guy and like one other person and they were just running the whole thing and it was it was really good and it was really affordable too and it was like a minute from our airbnb just really backed up my belief that we've been overcooking our pasta in oh America. yeah oh absolutely it's gotta have a little bit of crisp to it not like yeah, crunch, that's a good way crisp. It's got a little crisp yeah they little call that crisp. al dente or al dante as they might say in florence yeah. because of their favorite son that they exiled I had the spaghetti alla putnesca the first day, which is like capers, garlic, anchovies, and olives. So it's not one you want to get on a date, but it was delicious. You got one with like pancetta, right? Yeah, the spaghetti Roberto. Yeah, it was mostly spaghetti stuff for the pasta dishes and a lot of like variants that were very similar to each other, like a lot of tomatoes and pancetta and things like that. Um, but they were all very good. We actually ended up going back a second night. Also, though, they have this bread in Florence that's not made with salt. Apparently, they don't use salt because back in the Renaissance time, it was heavily taxed. And so they're like, no, we're just not going to do it with salt anymore. And they just decided to keep it that way forever, to which I commend them because it's different, but it's also very good. Then after that, we went to, you found a place that was run by two sisters? Three sisters. Three sisters. Yeah, I really like that place. Uh, We went back there again as well. Again, just like really affordable and really good. We got tripe the first time we were there. It was like a tripe stew almost. Um, And then the second time I got this pasta dish that was absolutely incredible. It was like fresh pasta and it was just super yummy. Yeah. And they got like these crostinis. It's like just like toast and like random toppings. The tripe was really good. Uh, It's like Florence style. It's kind of like in a tomato sauce. Goes good with the bread. But it's cash only though. So if you show up to Austria, Wongastai. Don't whip out that plastic. They'll slap it out of your hand. You can't eat Italian food forever, though. Um, so we did go to a Chinese place, Impression... Chongqing. I'm glad you said it, because I don't want to mispronounce Chongqing that. is another Hitman 3 location. That's how I know to pronounce it. Guys, can you hear this ridiculous thunder? Yeah. It's been like storming all day here in Verona, and I love it. This is the so first... many cups of tea. <laughs> so many. First truly rainy day we've had since New Orleans. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Impression Chongqing was, I thought it was pretty good. It's just good to change things up because we've been living on pasta for a while. I thought it was really good, but we should have just got only their hot <laughs> pot because they brought out that thing and it was ridiculously huge. We also got braised pork belly and dumplings. And guys, you know I'm full if I can't finish the pork belly. 
because it's like my favorite thing ever now. That was much super belly yummy. in your belly. Except the hot pot wasn't spicy. I've been led to believe that hot pots are spicy, and this has zero spice in it, which is a little disappointing. Another place we went to, I'm going to try to pronounce this here, La Padelecia. Padelecia? I would say Padelecia. <laughs> I mean, we have about an equal chance of being right. Who knows? One of those pronunciations. Uh, actually, just like a butcher shop, and then they got a restaurant in the back. Yeah, I like um, it. It feels very, like, secret. You go into the butcher yeah. shop, and you're like, can I get a table? And they, like, look around. Yeah. And then you look around, and they're like... Yeah, follow me. Or if you're like us and no, no Italian, you just say buonasera and then you hold up your fingers and say dua. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing. And yeah. then they're like, ah, all right. But it's been like family run since 1960. You know, at a butcher shop, you're going to get some good meat. There's like the Florentine steak is a thing that Flo- Florence is known for. And we knew we had to get it from a butcher, right? So we got like our two like primis. We got like the pasta and then we got a one person portion steak as a second course and split it with a side of potatoes. And boy, was that the right decision? Cause I don't know how we're supposed to eat all of that would have been ridiculous, but it was so freaking good. Perfect quality, perfectly prepared. The potatoes were absolutely phenomenal and the pasta was amazing as well. Yeah. I got a gnocchi with pesto. That was just the best gnocchi. I don't know if I'm ever going to have gnocchi that good again or pesto that good again. It was just creamy and wonderful. And I, really could have just bathed in it. You found another place, though, through an Instagrammer, free cloud alert. Oh, yeah. So I follow this lady, Casey Rose. She's an American living in Italy right now, and uh, she she lives in Florence, and she recommended this sandwich place, Pino Sandwiches, and I was just so taken with how she, like, she, like, did a little video with the owner, and he just seems so down-to-earth and genuine and nice, Um, so I wanted to make sure to get those. So I got the Casey Rose special. It's, like, that, like, ham and like truffle sauce and like burrata and it's super super yummy um and it's super affordable too and cameron got another special the bomba ferrari which i don't know if he really likes ferraris or not after that because it means ferrari bomb and it's just spicy and it had lots of red stuff yeah if you're looking for like more affordable options there's been some really good like sandwich places in northern italy to go so definitely check those out don't you don't just have to eat pasta yeah and then this is kind of a fun place to tack on to the end mercado centrale i really like this it's like a little food court yeah it feels very like hipstery it's got lots of different like stalls with different food and things like that kind of like um, that food hall in chicago we it, went to exactly yeah food hall you would find like anywhere um, and it had lots of different options, mostly Italian, um, but did have some like Asian options as well. We went in here a couple different nights. Sometimes we just would grab a dessert. They had this canolo stand that, oh, amazing, amazing canolos. And then they like dip them in crushed pistachios. This trip has made me fall in love with so many like foods, like pistachios and figs in particular. Um, but it was really good. But we also went back. We got this pizza pocket. And it's like yeah. this ridiculously amazing bread. And we filled it with like uh, eggplant parmesan it was insanely good. It was like four euro. I wasn't really like I didn't have any high hopes or it. I just thought the lady that was like running the stall seemed really nice and nobody was like going there. So I just got one. But it was so good. It was so good. I don't know why anybody wasn't in line. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. Uh, they had like a cooking school too there, yeah. which I thought was neat. Uh, and then they had a bar running through the center. Mm-hmm. It was technically our first stop for Negroni Week. Pew, pew, pew. Two episodes ago, what I was looking forward to most was taking a Negroni tour of Florence, and now I finally get to talk about it. Yeah. I'm going to post like a full review of all the budget Negroni joints we went to yeah. and rank them, or well, at least rate them. Uh, 
A Negroni is a cocktail uh, based off an Americano. An Americano is originally red vermouth, Campari bitters, and soda water. Then the Count Negroni, who lived in Florence, was like, this isn't alcoholic enough. And so he took out the soda water and put in gin, and thus the Negroni was born. And so Florence is the home of that. We went during Negroni week, which is more of an American thing, as it turns out, or a rest of the world thing. Like you, I think you said last episode... Italians tend to celebrate Negronis more during Campari's birthday. I think that was it in like June. Yeah. Yeah. So we missed the window on that, but we were there for uh, Negroni week as celebrated by the rest of the world. Yeah. Nobody had a problem knowing when the Negroni was there. (laughs) Yeah. No, everyone knows it, uh, but there are a lot of overpriced ones. Uh, It's pretty easy to find those. I mean, they have like rooftop bars and stuff or like Harry's Bar is the very famous American bar that they want like 20 euros for one. That's ridiculous. too much for a drink, guys. I don't care how good it is. It's too much. So here's some my Negroni Week superlatives. Uh, The most fun Negroni we had was at Mad Souls and Spirits, which was kind of a dive bar you found. It's on the other side of the river, kind of near the piazza you were talking about. Near Santa Spirito, yeah. Yeah, and all the vintage stores. And this was the Negroni de Provencia Denuclearizata, which basically means uh, Negroni from the denuclearized province. Makes sense, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and according to the menu, is made with gin, vermouth, uh, bitter Nardini instead of Campari, uh, which I don't know if that's a faux pas or not. Summer fruit, which was just a dried orange wheel, and nuclear technology. Yeah. I have no idea what the nuclear technology was. There was kind of a weird dust over the top. Maybe that was it. Could have been. I glowed in the dark for a few days after I had it. I really like this bar, and I'm not a bar person at all. Yeah. I'm not even a drinks person, but I got a drink there. Oh, what was it? Uh, Truly, madly, deeply. Yeah, you know I had to get it, and it was so good. I couldn't even taste the alcohol. Like It just tasted like a nice like fruity drink. Yeah, it was like a 90s themed menu. They've done, apparently, they do a theme for their menus. Like they've done urban legends. Yeah. I think they did like spaghetti westerns as one of their themes one time looking at at Google. And Um, watching them like make the drinks, they're so talented and it's just like a show. It's it's really fun. Even if you don't enjoy like bars, I would recommend this one. Yeah, they're like a bartender's bar and it was nine euro for that. So it was one of the more expensive ones I had. I think mine was six or five or something. It was worth it. I thought it was good. For the best budget Negroni overall, Cafe Not. It was just this little yeah. hole in the oh, wall. It's the furthest out from any of them we went to, but it was so worth the trip. It was like a local neighborhood cafe and bar. Uh, this lady working the bar just by herself, dishing out like cafes, little espressos. Yeah, it's like a bar slash coffee shop. He yeah. got us Negroni, I got a cup of tea. Perfect world. Boom. Yeah, and they made it with Gordon's Gin, which is a favorite of mine, uh, Martini Red and Campari. And it was five euro, and it was just, Great. I mean, it was very evenly balanced. You just kind of eyeballed it. It wasn't, you know, get the the measure out or anything like that. I just thought it was very simple, no frills, but a good Negroni. I mean, you can get four of those for one of Harry's Bar, and I'd much rather hang out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the fanciest Negroni. Yeah. Is at the Arts Inn, which is near the train station, more or less. This is a cool place too, though. It's got a lot of art. Hence the name hanging <laughs> yeah. on a wall. And it's just like kind of cozy and it has like a loft. 
I don't know. Like, it's a cool little place to hang out in. They apparently have 18 different varietals of Negronis. Yeah. The bartender, super knowledgeable, super nice, not pretentious about it at all. He'll ask you what you like quality-wise in, like, gin and vermouth and help you map out what you want. It seems very, like, regional-based, too, which I dig. Right there to Tuscany. He used, for mine, Gin Dry Valombrosa, which is apparently the oldest gin made in Italy. It's made by monks, which is hilarious and I love. Uh, Campari, of course, and Del Professore Vermouth, which is another Tuscan vermouth. And it was the most expensive out of all of them. It was 10 euro. But dang, if it wasn't fancy, a little orange uh, slice. The garnish was cut in a very bizarre and intricate pattern that was cool. The music was very like dark indie. Think the XX and Deftones. And it was just a nice place. I feel like that'd be a great place to get a date. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've got the alcoholic beverage tour of Florence. If you're more of a tea kind of a gal or person, let me take you on a quick tea tour. It only involves two places, but they were both winners. The first one is called The Way of Tea. Three, so there's three locations of this, um, but only one is doing like a dine-in service. So definitely go to the third one. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was like a tea shop, so it had lots that you could buy all like the teas that they serve there. Um, very like classic, fancy um, like setting. Um, very nice for afternoon tea, but not gonna break the budget. I went there on my birthday, and it was super fun. And they have like tea spreads, like you can get like the English like spread, which comes with all the cute little sandwiches. Um, we went for the Italian one, um, which was cool. It came with um, had like the can. Cantucci, like the little biscotti things, um, and then had like little um, Italian sandwich, little like roll things. Um, and then we got this really great black tea, um, and we just sat there chatting for a while, and then we did splurge, and we got some iced teas at the end too, which were also super amazing um, and super like, I don't know, it, just, it felt very like fancy and very yummy. We ended up getting some of the black tea leaves to go because um, it's so yummy. I want it again. And that was about, I think like the Italian spread was like 20 something and included the tea and the no, ice. the Italian spread was 13.50. Oh shoot, you're right. Yeah. Uh and then the iced teas were like 6 five. a piece. Oh, 6, okay. Um so they were kind of expensive, but I thought it was worth it. I yeah. thought it was delicious. Uh and I I like tea, not as much as Kirsten, but I do enjoy tea. I know a good cup of tea and they had a dang good cup of tea. It was good. It was really good. Um, and then the other place we went to um, was the San Tea House, not the Santee House, the San, or maybe San, San Tea House. I don't know. Anyway, San Tea Claws. It's this, uh, it's this bubble tea place, um, and it's really, really cute. It's that cutesy kind of um, branding you expect from bubble tea places. They have like a little black and white kitty that's branded, so obviously I was immediately in love. Um, and it's just very like very cutesy, um, very like kawaii. Um, and they have lots of different bubble tea, but I just went with the classic, um, classic black milk bubble tea with the tapioca balls. Um, and it was amazing. Maybe the best bubble tea I've had. It was super good. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the traditional bubble tea is made with like the powdered milk. Um, but they also have a Hong Kong style bubble tea and it's actually made with like 
apparently like this milk from Hong Kong and it's like more like a condensed milk. So it gives it like a creamier taste. So I got that the second time we went and that was really good too. But I think I prefer the classic way a little bit more, um, but they're definitely like different styles and it was fun to get to try both of them. Um, I tried to, I tried to ask if the cat is like branded after a specific cat, like somebody's cat, or if it's just a cutesy thing. But they I, sensed it was a trap for Kirsten to abduct a cat, so they ducked out. No, of the they question. didn't. I got lost in translation. Anyway, I want a picture of the real cat. If so, I promise not to abduct it or not. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, my mom's Same here. Same to you, buddy. <laughs> my mom's here. I gotta go. Yeah, awesome, awesome uh, city for tea. Unexpectedly, Raps, always good to get another tea time with Kirsten. Yeah. Uh-oh, you know what that means. It's time for a lightning <laughs> round. The lightning just showed up in a cab outside. <laughs> when we were in Florence, I saw a man pushing an empty stroller through the street, and the man looked mad at the world, and it just made me wonder, was he mad because he had to push an empty stroller, or was he mad because he lost the child? I love the fact that here in Italy, arugula is called rocket. I think that we could market arugula much better in the states if we called it rocket i think arugula is more fun arugula that's pretty fun but, oh you yeah know. arugula is a super fun word but just like you're like would you like some rocket and be like yes it does kind of freak me out when you see like a sandwich and it's like this sandwich has a rocket on it <laughs> in florence they are selling new york city hats which is truly baffling because like, how many people are going to stop you and be like, hey, where'd you get that New York City hat for you to explain? Oh, I got it in Florence. <laughs> no. Dante's Inferno makes a lot more sense now that he would relate to hell after living in Florence because hell has the same amount of mosquitoes as Florence. The only place I've seen mosquitoes that big and that mean was southern Mississippi. Yeah. It's rough. It is rough. And that wraps up the lightning round. So Kirsten, that begs the question, what are you looking forward to most this week? Let's set up the week. We're leaving Verona and going to Venice. What are you looking forward to? I found this super cool sounding like, ghost tour in venice and if you know me you know there's two things i love and that is a historic walking tour and a ghost tour i'm super pumped it's super it's pretty cheap and it has amazing reviews and that just seems like a great city to do a ghost tour in so i'm pretty psyched for that what about you cameron what are you looking forward to well we're kind of in crunch time for no time to die yeah the new bond movie coming out it's true we're going to be seeing that in London before the States. So we're kind of gearing up for all things Bond. And I'm excited to see some sights from one of the greatest Bond movies of all time. That filmed in Venice. I'm not talking about Casino Royale. I'm talking about Moonraker. Moonraker is the greatest Bond film filmed in Venice, home of the Bondola, the hovercraft gondola. I'm going to drive a hovercraft gondola. I believe it. So that brings us to the meal of the week. So what would you say for meal of the week, Cameron? This is tough because I genuinely There's some think good ones. that Florence is the best city for food we've had, hands down. Mm. I genuinely can't pick one. You, you have to pick one. You can't just opt out. Can I just say Florence? No, that's not a meal. Call that a week of the meal. No, you got to pick a restaurant. What do you choose? Well, I asked you first. I don't want your decision to be colored by what I say. I already have mine. It's written down. Mm, narrowed it down to three. 
Okay. Narrow it down to one. La Padalachia. Yeah? Yes. The because steak that, place? Yeah, that gnocchi changed my life. Yeah. Life-changing gnocchi. Not to say I didn't adore the other places, and it was not an easy choice. For sure. And I'm still not happy with having to choose. Yeah. So it's your meal of the week. That's the same. Oh, that wow. was my meal of the week. That steak was ridiculous. Not only that, like it's got like staying power. Like I'm continually thinking of that steak and the pasta, and just it was a really great meal there. But it was hard to choose for sure. The hard chef to choose. Came out and showed us the steak before they cooked. He's it. like, "Is this acceptable?" No, it's just like he explained the steak to us. He's like, "You've gotten a particularly lucky cut of beef," and uh, and then he explained like how the cow had a happy life and. You know, died naturally in its sleep. And <laughs> but he did ask you. Is loved this by his family. Yeah, yeah, it was great. La Padalachia, meal yeah. of the week. So to bring up weekly costs, let me first preface this with a little note. Some went wrong with my automatic calculations on my Google Excel. What is that called? Google Sheets formula. And for the last couple episodes, the total has not been changing. I don't know how we've not noticed this. I don't know how you've not noticed this, but if you're at all interested in the numbers, the actual number is quite a bit more. (laughs) (laughs) So for this week, it's $694.42, but the total is actually quite a big bump from last week's incorrect total. And that is $8,525.24, which means we are only $1,500 off of the cap of $10,000. So So I don't know what we're going to do. Because that's a significant jump. I'll tell you what we're doing now is we're only eating out one meal a day. I'm (laughs) drinking my tears for sustenance. That's my (laughs) whole caloric intake. Not not even close. But but we are cooking more. And that's been great. It's been great to have a kitchen to cook in. And that's one of the things that I would have changed had we uh, talked or how we thought about this more. Is I would have made sure that every place we stayed in had a kitchen. Um, that we could use so that we could cook more of our meals. Because it also just gets like heavy after a while eating out all the time. Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of that. We'll talk about some of our cooking tips we've learned from Italy next episode. Excited for that. Of course, check us out on social media, Coast to Coast Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Yeah, and you can catch our podcasts on Apple Podcasts. On Spotify, be sure to leave us a review. Let people find us uh, easier. Um, And also subscribe to us so you don't miss a podcast. Um, And with all that, I'm going to wrap up the Florence episode. Wherever you travel, take coats. 